What is going on, everyone? This is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here on today's episode, we are going to be talking all about the NBA. The play-in tournament and the playoffs are just around the corner. So Eric and I are going to give our thoughts on just some general things around the NBA. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's up, guys? Eric, the ranting co-host here. No longer in the porcelain office in the hotel, so got a nice upgrade. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like Zach said, we've got a lot of NBA talk, so ready to bring it to you. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, this is now going to be the second year of the play-in tournament as we know it. Uh, there was a version of the play-in tournament when the NBA was in the bubble, where you had, you know, if you remember, if a team was within four games of the eight seed. They would play the eight seed and like the nine seed would have to beat the eight seed twice uh, to win. The eight seed only had to win one game. It happened with the Grizzlies and Trailblazers, uh, but the Blazers won in the first game. So they, they kept the eight seed. Uh, and then last year is identical to this year where it's, you see eight teams in the play in tournament and, it's a little complicated on the how it works. It's not as straightforward as, um, you know, just your general bracket. So we'll go ahead and explain how it works at the start, and then we'll give our thoughts on how we feel about it. So what you have is the one through six in each conference. They're locked in as their playoff seed. Um, but then you have the seven through the ten seeds enter in the play-in tournament and essentially there's going to be four teams playing for those two spots you have the seven play the eight and whoever wins that becomes the seven seed uh so i think in this year for example in the east Con eastern conference that would be cleveland as the eight seed playing brooklyn as the seven seed but they play one game the winner becomes the seven seed the loser would play the winner of the nine versus 10 seed. Um, so the nine and 10 seed, you know, they're further back. They have to win two games to become the eight seed. Um, and home court goes to the higher seed. So that's how it works. And it's for the East and the West. Uh, so in general, what this is causing is 10 teams are fighting for a playoff seeds, which is more than ever before. And down to the wire, you see, you know, teams further down the standings trying to compete a little bit harder to make the playoffs versus tanking. Um, but, Eric, I'm curious, how do you think about the play-in tournament? I know in the past you were okay with it because of the shortened regular season. And obviously when we were in the bubble that every team had played a different number of games. So it made sense in the bubble. And it made sense to you last year with it being a shorter regular season and COVID was canceling games all over the place. But this is a more normal, you know, pre-COVID season. So how do you feel about the addition of this play-in tournament? Um, for me, I like it if the teams are close together in the standings. When I don't like it is when the teams and the standings are farther apart. So you have a clash of that this year because in the Eastern Conference right now, like going into tonight's games, 
I think all the teams that are ranked from like the seven to 10 seed are only separated by like a game or two. It's pretty close. So in that regard, I like it because I feel like, you know, a team that, you know, is ninth or 10th, even though their record isn't as good, they're only one game off. And with there being so many games in a season, I'm okay with it. I feel like it's evenly matched and, I feel like maybe then for the seventh and eighth seed, you should have to prove your spot. But whereas in the Western Conference, you've got like the the difference between the seventh seed through the tenth seed is like fourteen games or something like that. I mean, it's the fact that a team that is you know fourteen games ahead of like the nine and ten seed has to prove they you know they could possibly miss out on the playoffs is a little weird to me. So. Really, what I would like to see going forward would be kind of like how they did it in the bubble where when they did the eight and nine seed matchup, but the nine seed only got to challenge the eight seed if they were within a certain amount of games. Like, that's kind of like how I would like to see it going forward, too. I really, too, would probably rather the seven and ten seeds not be involved in it. Uh, I think the ten seeds probably really are a little too far behind. But if they were to do this in the future, like how they did it in the bubble between the eight and the nine, if they're within like two or three games or something like that, I, that I would be okay with, but, but I guess overall, really, I'm not too big of a fan of it anymore. I would be fine if it went away, but uh, what about you, man? How do you feel about the play in? Yeah. So I've, I've gone back and forth on it right now. I tend to like it. Um, just because I think you're going to get some interesting matchups. You're, you're getting some extra content, obviously, you know, with the season being over and then, okay, instead of the playoffs just starting right away, you've got these games that everyone's like, you know, invested in. There's, you know, this is do or die for these teams. So that makes you, you would think that would usually make for good basketball, you know, and it's like a game seven situation, like for these teams playing. So, However, I am a proponent of how the playoffs get too watered down, you know, with these 10 seeds and stuff, you know, making the playoffs potentially like that really is watering down the playoffs. But I don't know, like that's a that's a drawback to this, but I don't know if it's as bad as the benefits are good where you get you get a lot of like what would normally be considered meaningless games. You know, for example, if there's a year where it's like the 10 seed and then you got the 11 and 12 seed, you know, separated by two games or something, they're playing each other a night that in, in a normal season, a 10 seed versus a 12 seed, you know, two, you know, definitely not great teams playing each other. That that's something to play for. Um, so you you have more teams that are playing for something, you know, whereas normally it, at the trade deadline, you can say, OK, there's only really eight teams that are making the playoffs. All these other bottom teams are going to sell all their good players at the trade deadline to the top teams. And I, I just don't think anymore you're going to see that as much. I think you're going to see more teams not selling off all their players because there's still that hope of making the playoffs. Um, and then also too, it's really a big advantage for the the top six now, 
it's creating like a buy for them. They get an extra week to rest here and they're going to be playing, especially the one and two seeds are going to be playing teams that had to play more basketball to get in. So they're going to be playing teams that are like fresh off, you know, in a, a fight to make the playoffs. So it's a little bit easier for them. So in a way it makes the first round, I think a little bit worse, but uh, there's other benefits to it as well. Uh, so overall, I am a fan of it, but I'm not like, you know, thinking this is the best invention the NBA's ever made or anything like that. Um, so those are my thoughts on it. Yeah, when you and you know the league is going to do everything they can to make an extra buck. So, you know, they're getting that <laughs> TV revenue and ticket sale yeah. revenue off these extra games. So this probably isn't going to go away. Like, I, I think the only way it ever goes away is if like the way it is in the Western conference this year, where, you know, the seventh and, you know, especially the seventh seed is like so much farther ahead of the other seeds. If that were to happen in both conferences for like three years in a row, and then people start revolting on it, maybe then it goes away. But, but since it's close in the East, I think they'll be able to use that. Oh, see, you got more exciting basketball. So like, keep turning out that money baby like (laughs) well there's also been talks too of like some sort of mid-season tournament i don't know how it would work or anything but from what i've heard is they're trying they're discussing plans for sometime around like all-star break or before that where you have some sort of tournament i don't know how it would be constructed but uh, tournament where essentially like teams could win automatic playoff spots in the middle of the season. Uh, that's, you know, revolutionary, but uh, I don't, I don't like that at all. I, I don't we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll have to see what they come up with, but, but I mean, imagine if like you already knew before the all-star break, Oh, we get the number one seed. Like, why would you even really bother? I don't think it'd playing? be like, I, I think it's more like for bubble teams. So I, I don't think it's more, I don't think it's uh going to be like that i think it's more like okay a team would be guaranteed to make the playoffs so if like if they would normally be like the six somehow like the orlando magic win the playing tournament but at the end of the season they're at the bottom of the standings they go to be like the ac something like that oh jeez. yeah they're they're overthinking it man (laughs) yeah Uh, it's it's interesting to me i don't know it's it's gonna be it's going to be something to pay attention to if it happens for sure. But uh, anyways, that that's not a thing yet. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, these playoffs here. So there's always, you know, the, the possibility of upsets. And that's an interesting thing to talk about because you see these teams in the regular season be so good. But then a team that's much inferior to them will beat them in the playoffs. So out of the... One to three seeds, you know, in the East, you've got the Heat, the Celtics, 76ers. West, you've got the Suns, Grizzlies, Warriors. Of these six teams, should who should be the most worried? Should any of them really be worried? Do you see them all advancing? Um, or are there some situations where, based on who they might be playing, they should be worried, like a, you know, Nets team being the seventh seed? Uh, so what do you think about that, Eric? What, which teams should be the most worried? Uh, the team that I'm most worried for out of the top three seeds in each conference is going to be the Miami Heat, uh, mainly because 
they've been a little off lately. They, I know there was that one game where like Jimmy Butler and some of the coaching staff and other players were like getting into it on the sideline. I don't know if they fixed it since then, but it seems like this ever since that happened, they haven't been playing as well as they have in the past. And I'm, since it looks like it's pretty high probability, the nets are going to get the seven seed. I don't think that they will lose in the first round, but however, if the nets were to say like lose their first play in game and then win the second one and get the eight seed, I would be a little worried for the Heat's chances of coming out of the first round just because not only does it seem like they're not playing as well right now, Brooklyn seems to be getting it together. Now they've got Kyrie back full time and KD's healthy again. You know, they're they're starting to look like more of the Brooklyn Nets that we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. And that's kind of scary for me. But even if the Heat avoid the Nets in the first round, it looks like there's a pretty good chance they're going to play like the Bucks in the next round. And I just don't know if I see them escaping that. I, I, I do, I do worry about them. The other ones I'm okay with, other than maybe the 76ers, because they've kind of had a similar thing where they're not playing quite as good right now. And you know, like when you get to the playoff time, you know, you want to be. That's when you want to be peaking at the right time. And both the Heat and the 76ers aren't quite exactly doing that right now. But. Um, and it's going to be interesting, too, for the Celtics because they're hot. Like, they're really hot. But, you know, if they get the Nets at the, who are at the seven seed who are also hot, that could be tough, too. So it's going to be – the Eastern Conference is definitely going to be a lot more interesting, in my opinion, in terms of potential upsets. But how do you feel, man? Do you agree with me on this? Or is there a team in the West you're worried about? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I would say the Heat – are probably praying that the Nets win against the Cavs and then they play either the Cavs, Hornets, or Hawks. Um, I think that's really what the Heat want. The Celtics, if the Celtics end up playing the Nets, I think that's going to be a really good series. I think the the Celtics probably should be a little bit worried uh, if they were to play the Nets. 76ers, I think, are uh, going to be playing the Bulls the, and I'm not right now. It's not looking good for Chicago either. They're kind of yeah. Are they, they're the Bulls are already on vacation. That's what that's what people are saying. The Bulls are starting their summer vacation right now. Um, so I I wouldn't be worried for them. The West though, I I mean I I just got to pick the Grizzlies out. Just the lack of experience with the team. You know I know they've got the the two seed and all, but out of all of these teams here. You know, the Heat were in the finals a few years ago. Suns were in the finals last year. Golden State's Golden State. You know, the Celtics have been in the playoffs like every year forever. Um, Same with Philly recently. So out of all these teams, Memphis is the newcomer. And to me, that's the most worrisome. I just don't know how they'll be. Um, I don't think, you know, they're going to be playing a super difficult opponent per se, but you, you never know, and out of all these teams, to me, they're the ones I'd be the most worried about picking, uh, especially to go go far in the playoffs as well. Um, so now that we got sort of the team talk out of the way here, let's talk about the stars. So it's it happens every playoffs. There's 
in in certain series there's that one guy that carries a team you know whether it's clutch shooting at at end of games whether it's you know just putting up insane point totals or playing the whole game pretty much and you know great defense great offense who are some stars either in the east or west eric that you see really shine in the playoffs like you know your bona fide all-star MVP guys that you think are actually going to step up and be a big reason for their team's success. Yeah, this is a, this is a tougher one just because, you know, you always feel like, like, you know, they all have potential, but all, you know, there always seems like there's going to be some that do flame out for whatever reason. But um, my like first one that I'm going to go with is I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. Uh, I really think that, you know, what happened with him in the playoffs last year and the, you know, Ben Simmons being a bum and, you know, they, the 76ers really should have beaten the Hawks last year and got to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think Embiid is going to be on a mission. I, I think he's wanting to prove that he is the real deal and that the 76ers can win. He's definitely going to need James Harden to step up, though. Like, I'm more worried about him just because it seems like he chokes and has bad performances in the playoffs every year. But the 76ers still have enough pieces to get it done. And I think Joel Embiid is going to be a monster, especially, you know, if they get the Bulls in the first round, the way the Bulls are playing, that should be an easy win. And then, you know, they'll have a tougher test in the second round, obviously. But... I think Joel Embiid's ready to prove that he's going to be able to take the next step and he's going to do everything he can, in my opinion. So uh, what about you? Like, who's your like first key star that you're expecting to do well? Yeah, it's tough. Cause like, these are all, uh, you know, some of the stars I've got pictures of here, Luca, Jokic, Durant, Giannis, Embiid, John Moran. Those are just some there's, you know, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum. There's there's lots of great stars out yeah, there. Yeah, you can't you can't go wrong with any of these choices, you know. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but the hard thing is like, and in granted, most all these people are going to do good. Like, I think it's going to be rare for any of these guys not to be like leading their team in scoring or anything like that. But the guy, in my opinion, I think that is going to be the hardest to shut down because that's the thing too. You got to think about is like. We've seen in years past how teams defended Giannis and were able to control him. Similarly to Luka, you know, in the playoffs, teams get more physical against Luka and shut him down for games. Uh, Getting Jokic in foul trouble, something like that. To me, the hardest guy I think it is going to be to defend and stop is going to be KD. Um, Especially with how Brooklyn's playing right now, it's just like, to me, he's the one guy where it's like with his, you know, inside game, his perimeter game, he's got like no weaknesses. You know, it's it's going to be I think he's he's the most consistent. It seems like every playoffs, it's guaranteed 30 points. You know, I would say even more than LeBron in the playoffs, he's more guaranteed to be steady um, and he'll have some explosions uh, as well where he'll just go off for like 45 or something. Um, so for me, it's going to be KD. Uh, Devin Booker's another one. I think that's going to be really good in the playoffs. I think 
he's going to be hungry from last year, the little loss that they had. So um, those are two guys I'm picking that will, will shine in the playoffs, but you know, I, I can't, you can't go wrong with Embiid like Eric said as well. Yeah. Um, now the thing, the thing for Embiid though, is that he's got to not shoot so many three pointers. Like, uh, yeah. That's the thing with some of these guys like him and Giannis and like Jokic and some of the other players like that are like decent three point shooters, but they're not amazing three point shooters. And if they even get like a remotely open three, they take it every time. And it's like, no, like you're you're bigger than everybody else out there. You can overpower anybody guarding you. Like you know, just take your back to the basket and back them down and you know, or if they double team, you kick it to your three point shooter in the corner. Like, I mean, like that's, that's what they need to do. Like that, that is my only concern for Embiid, especially if like Harden starts missing some threes and I'm worried Embiid will be like, okay, well I need to shoot some threes. And it's like, no, you don't need to do that. <laughs> like, like just, just overpower him and get your buckets that way and get to the free throw line. Like that's what you need to do. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. It's frustrating when you see, because they're they're shooting open for a reason typically it's like teams are they'll die you know they're willing to die by Embiid going you know five for seven from the three-point line in the first half like they're willing to die by that but what they're not willing to is have them back down in the paint you know dominate the boards that sort of thing well. um <laughs> so but we have a little bit of extra time here uh so Eric, I'll put you on the spot and ask you this: Who getting put on the spot? <laughs> I know. On the spot here. No, no, no planning for this. But uh, what's your uh, what's your finals matchup that you think will happen? Um, knowing everything you know now and how most of the playoff bracket is situated, uh, what would be your whatever today is April tenth uh, uh, finals matchup and who wins? I will say, for me, the Western Conference is a little bit easier to predict, but I'm going to go with it being the uh, Suns and the Warriors with the Suns taking the series and getting to the finals. That'll be a good six or seven game series, probably. Uh, So I'm going to have the Suns there. As for the East, it's a lot harder just because, you know, you've got you know, these top three seeds, you got the Bucks at four, and then you got the Nets who are hot, who we assume will get in the playoffs. And it feels like there's a lot more teams that could come out of the East, but um, I'm going to go with a... was tough. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to go with a Celtics-Bucks Eastern Conference Final. And... Oh, man, this is tough because the Celtics are just so hot right now. But I feel like the Bucks just coasted though through the season. But I'm gonna give it to the hot hand. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Celtics and Suns and the finals. And then I think the Suns are gonna get their revenge for losing in the finals last year. And the Suns take it over the Celtics and six games. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm definitely curious to see your thoughts on this as well. Yeah, the, the Suns are are tough not to pick in the West. Ultimately, though, I I think I'm gonna go with the Warriors. I mean, it's 
it's just uh, Golden State's Golden State again. You know, it's it's tough to to see that with Clay being back and everything. It's it's making me want to pick Golden State out the West. The East, like you said, is insanely difficult to predict because the top four, I, you can make legit cases for all the top four. You know, Heat, Celtics, Sixers, and Bucks. Um, I. Know, <laughs> okay, man. I'm glad it's, it's like I'm glad you weren't like, oh yeah, talk- I already know who I'm picking instantly. You know, like I'm I'm glad no, you didn't no, think no, about no. this like I did. <laughs> no, it's because it's. I don't think it'll be the 76ers. I don't. Um, the Bucks, I think maybe. The Heat, I think definitely maybe. The Celtics, maybe. It's it's like, which one do you want to go with? Which one do you trust the most? I I really do like the Heat. I, I know they've, you know, recently not been as good, but the way they've been playing, I, I've watched some of their games. They're just really good, really good teams. Yeah, they so, are. They are. I'm going to go Heat Warriors, which would be interesting. Um, and I would go probably, I'd probably go Miami in like six or seven. Um, I, I think, I think the winner will be an East team. Uh, but then again, like matchups matter, you know, it's, you could see, oh, Celtics and Suns. Yeah, you know, like Eric said, you gave the edge to the Suns, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've got got the Suns. But then, would you like maybe the Celtics to beat the Warriors potentially, or something like that? So it's like these matchups are a thing, and or could be a rematch, Suns and Bucks. You know, it's yeah, Suns and Bucks could happen again. I I like how it's where it's all these. All of these possibilities are here. You, the Nuggets could potentially go on a run. Yeah, I mean, the even, even the even the Mavericks are really hot right now. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if I trust Luca in the playoffs fully yet, but I mean, the Mavericks have been hot right now. Like, they're getting it together. Like, I want to say too, I mean, just the beauty of all this is that it's really nice to not really know or truly have an idea of who's going to make it. I mean, you know, when you had like all these like years of the super teams where like LeBron had his stacked teams with the heat and the Cavs, And then of course the warriors were loaded and it was just like, you pretty much knew like who was going to make it to the finals every year. A lot of times, even before the season started, it was like, you knew who was going to yeah. make it. Whereas like, you're in, you're you, know, you know, this year, like, you know, these last couple of years, like a lot of us have had like nets and Lakers and stuff like that, but that didn't end up being the case. Obviously the nets, you know, could go on a run and maybe make it, but you know, obviously the Lakers aren't going to make it. They're not even in the play-in tournament. So it's like, it's just refreshing to really have no idea who's going to win. I mean, every, like most of the series, you know, we may not even really have a guess on an individual series basis, who's going to win those games. And that's going to make it, and that's going to make it so much more exciting to watch, you know, like yeah. not, you know, cause like, like say like, and all those years when it was Cavs and Warriors in the finals, like, do you think anybody was watching, uh, you know, the Cavs versus like the Pacers Magic in the first round or the Pacers, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, was anybody really watching that? Like, no, but this time, like, you know, say if the Nets do lose their first play in game, but win the second one and it's heat Nets in the first round, I mean, that's a pretty exciting one versus eight series, you know, like yeah. you don't, you don't get that very often like that. That's pretty exciting, in my opinion. 
For sure, man. It's I'm really excited to watch these playoffs. It's it's a long regular season. It's 82 games, so it's not much really matters game to game. You know, my teams have been a disaster. You know, I know the Thunder have been too. So freak. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, you gotta win the draft lottery. lottery pick. You know, I know. Yeah, we're we're here to watch the uh, ting pong balls come out. But uh, no, it's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> It's it's definitely going to be entertaining to watch, and and I'm excited for it as much as Eric is. So yeah, and and it's not all teams I hate too. I mean, like the Suns or Grizzlies or Warriors. Like I'd be cool with any of them. Like you know, some of these like northeastern teams I might not really want in there, but you know, even then, like if Boston were to get in there, like I like Grant Williams. Like I know you do too. Obviously, big yeah. as Tennessee fans are like. I am a fan of Joel Embiid, you know, his game for the most part. So even though I don't like James Harden or Philly, if the 76ers were to be there, I'd be okay for Embiid. Like, you know, the Heat have a solid team. Like, Giannis is a cool dude for the Bucks. Like, you know, Luka is a star on the rise. You know, John Morant's a star on the rise. Like, there, there's just a lot of exciting things to watch. And it's nice when you don't have to be, like, stressed for, like, your team or you don't have to be stressed because all oh, this team I really hate I hope they don't win like it's going to be nice yeah. just to watch like, two good teams that, you know in most of these series like going at it and being okay with whoever wins and just seeing as an exciting game and maybe if I can get a computer I'll do some DraftKings stuff you know and get stuff hey. like that going a future possibilities here for the channel yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but even if not you know it might still do some with the crew like offline or whatever and you yeah. know do that type of stuff so I, i'm i'm really excited for the playoffs this year heck yeah man all right well that will wrap up this episode hopefully everyone enjoyed listening to it and yeah we'll be back next week i think we're doing an nfl mock draft next week so that'll our first nfl mock draft of the year eric you excited for that yeah, who are the Jags going to take at number one two years in a row? We got the number one pick. <laughs> just just to annoy Connor Duval. <laughs> I, I can't believe he tried to fire me for saying it three times in the AFC West preview episode. Maybe I went a little overboard, but you know what? Like, it ended up being relevant to the conversation at the time, so... You can't fire me, Connor. Only Zach has permission to do that. <laughs> uh, the board of directors will uh, determine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to go talk with uh, HR. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're, you're, man. You're, you're safe on the podcast, Eric. Um, for now. For now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to get too carried away with the Duvals from here on out. <laughs> hey, hey, you're not offending me, man. You're not offending me. <laughs> oh yeah that's true good point good point <laughs> just gotta but, uh, Connor host. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah all right guys well that will be it for the episode and remember be clutch peace